Hey, sorry if I sound a little rushed today. I have to get this episode done ASAP because I am seeing Skyfall tonight with a live orchestra. So if there's any weird audio glitches, 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 blame it on Daniel Craig and Adele. Today's guest, Brothi Gupta, is one of the many people I started following because of a previous guest on the show. The person who recommended her originally was Alexandra Petri from the Washington Post. And the part of the show where we talked about Brothi was going to be a bonus follow recommendation on Patreon. But you can hear us talking about her in the public feed episode from June of 2021, the first one announcing the existence of the Patreon page. Speaking of which, thank you to all of our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash follow Friday. You're listening to the public feed, which means you're going to get four recommendations from Brothy today. But to hear all five of the people we talked about, head on over to Patreon and pledge any amount starting at just $1 a month. Thank you to our patrons and thanks as well to this week's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, which pairs startups with expertly assembled software development teams. They work with funded startups across multiple industries to help them get to market fast. Learn more and get in touch at kelsus.com. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. If this is your first episode of the show, take a moment now and please follow or subscribe in your podcast app. Today on the show is Brothi Gupta, a comedian and writer at The Simpsons. Her work has also appeared in places like The New Yorker, McSweeney's, and she's the co-host of the podcast Lecture Hall, which you can find at patreon.com slash lecture hall. You can find Brothi on Twitter at Brothi Gupta, which is spelled B-R-O-T-I-G-U-P-T-A. Brothi, welcome to Follow Friday. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you here. So nice to meet you. You were recommended by a previous guest on the show, Alexandra Petri. And before we get into your follow recommendations, I want to ask you about something in your Twitter bio. You describe yourself as a citrus influencer. What does that mean? So, um... <laughs> I had a fantastic professional opportunity recently, which was that I tweeted something stupid about a fruit that I love, the Sumo Orange. And then the very kind people at Sumo Citrus emailed me and they were like, we liked your tweet. Can we send you boxes of oranges? Oh, my God. And then <laughs> I was like, this is the best day of my life. Yes. And then they sent me a bunch of oranges. My professional goals have ultimately been to like do whatever it is that could lead me to what Jamie Lee Curtis does with Activia. <laughs> I think her work with Activia is fantastic. Should she ever want an apprentice? Should she ever, you know, want an heir to the throne? I would love to talk to her about Activia's probiotic elements and everything. <laughs> um, but this seemed like a really great step towards that goal. 
you've got a taste of the influencer lifestyle now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And guess what? It's not too tart and it's not too sweet. <laughs> it's the sumo orange. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. You've gone I, over to the dark side. <laughs> I really, and what I tweeted was so stupid. It was so generous of them to not only enjoy it, but even just look at my Twitter in the first place. Right. It was something like, the sumo orange and the tangerine are like the Gilmore girls of citrus. That doesn't mean anything. It was, it's just that one is bigger than the other, kind of like how in the Gilmore girls, one is older than the other. It doesn't mean anything. It's so stupid, but they were so kind and they were like, you're very sick and you need this. Um, no, they were like, we enjoyed your tweet. And I will say, because... You know, oranges are quite perishable, and I had boxes of them, and I gave many away. I have been pretty exclusively eating oranges for the past few days, so I might take a break from oranges for a little bit. But they're delicious. You gotta figure out what else to tweet about. I know. (laughs) Like, until I'm just figuring out how to get all of my groceries for free. Exactly. That's the hustle. Yeah, I could tweet like ground turkey and ground chicken or like the Gilmore girls of ground poultry. Give me meatball ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving from from something orange to something yellow, uh, you write for The Simpsons. I do. A television institution that literally started before the World Wide Web existed. I, I, I had a question about this because on this podcast, you know, we talk a lot about how the Internet reflects what we're into. It also pushes us in new directions. So I'm wondering, as like a pretty online person yourself, you're in the writer's room, the virtual writer's room for The Simpsons. Are you all bringing internet stuff in with you? Or are you keeping some distance? Because it's like a big network show that has to appeal to a lot of people. I would say we take more like cultural phenomenons than specific events. Yeah. Um, Because the turnaround time is so long. Like our Animation time is actually quite long from like the writing of an episode to the airing of that episode. It's like nearly a year. Right. So let's just say the Bean Dad episode is not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, something I love about being on the show and some hot Hollywood gossip is that I'm having an amazing time <laughs> and everyone that's working on it is uh, incredible and kind and hilarious. Everyone's very curious to know about these sort of like Twitter phenomenons, like the Twitter main character and and things like that, that have shaped how we view the world. Right. Basically, as like through the lens of like a very accessible medium. Yeah. And I guess the, the, there's some things that are just memes that are pure ephemera, like being dead. Everyone's mad at some dude for four exactly. days. And there's other stuff where it, the Internet creates a, an aesthetic, like cottagecore or something like that, where maybe you could exactly. see like Lisa gets into cottagecore. The, the, there's maybe something there where that's like it's created a new trend that has endured. Exactly. It's it's exactly that. So it's like it wouldn't reference being dad, but we right. might, you know. We might have an episode of our own Bean Dad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's leave the world of network TV and go back to the internet. Find out who specifically Birthday Gupta follows. You can follow along with us today. Every person she recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Final Friday. Birthday, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category Someone You've Followed Forever, and you said Dylan Galula, an actor who's been in shows like Chasing Life, Shameless, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's on Twitter and Instagram at Dylan Galula, which is spelled D-Y-L-A-N-G-E-L-U-L-A. And she's also the co-host of your podcast, Lecture Hall. So how did you and Dylan first meet? Were you online friends first, real-life friends? Yeah, we were online friends first and pretty quickly we realized that we have like both of our brains are bad in the same way <laughs> and so how's that just um don't d- they don't work <laughs> 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 we're very stupid <laughs> um apart and together yeah um and you know where most friendships especially like the very fruitful female friendships in my life or we kind of like make each other better dylan and i remain so stagnated it was a really beautiful match <laughs> to find <laughs> i i started following her I, and i thought she was so funny in kimmy schmidt and you know that's that's where i knew her from so i started following her like right after i moved to la and she followed me back and i messaged her I said something like, I guess we're the same age. Should we hang out? (laughs) So it kind of happened like a play date. Yeah. And then very quickly we realized that we're um, horribly ill in the same way. (laughs) Well, for people who haven't listened to your podcast together, Lecture Hall, talk about that that show and what sort of things you and Dylan talk about on the show. Yeah. So Lecture Hall is a podcast that we've made impossible to find. It's on Patreon and nowhere else. We do not have mics and uh, we do not edit. Um, (laughs) Basically, the idea of it is that we both kind of come in prepared to teach the other about something completely new. And there is no category. There's no through line. So she could teach me about like Y2K and I'll teach her about what a skateboard is or something like that, you know, (laughs) like it'll just be completely different. I will say that we're both, it has come to light. We have now been doing the podcast for long enough that we've seen certain patterns emerge with Mm -hmm. what we want to talk about. And we are almost entirely a monkey fan podcast. Now (laughs) we uh, think that monkeys are fascinating and we uh, are often talking about monkeys that can communicate. So like Coco the gorilla or... Oh, Coco uh, has been... Yeah, Coco is a staple <laughs> of conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's another thing that we, early on in our friendship, would just sit next to each other in complete silence and watch videos of Coco the gorilla. So... Oh. <laughs> That's the part in the Mr. Rogers documentary that completely broke me was Coco meeting her idol, Mr. Rogers. It was like, OK, yeah. this, this is this is this is this is manipulative. Stop it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> really, really beautiful stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, Coco's amazing. And uh, I recently learned about Kanzi, who is another monkey who has been taught to speak. Really? Um, and Con- yeah. And Kanzi, because it's mainly through sign language. Right. Kanzi could, uh, I think he's still alive, can sign um, like marshmallow and fire, which leads me to believe that Kanzi wants to make s'mores. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Get Kanzi some s'mores. He's figured it out. 
<laughs> he's figured out that we've created the perfect dessert and it's s'mores. Get it for him. <laughs> Absolutely. That's basically the idea of the podcast is that we teach each other something. And right now, as of now, it is almost entirely a fan podcast for monkeys. I approve. So if you're a monkey listening to this, uh, we would love to have you on. (laughs) (laughs) So what's something that Dylan does either as a podcast co-host or an actor or anything else that really, you know, impresses you that it's it's like, yeah, I'm really glad that I reached out and made friends with this person. Well, um, and I never want her to hear this. She's Dylan, stop listening. Dylan, go to sleep. She's super, super smart. And she's a fantastic actor. Uh, She's been in a lot of like indie movies and she's just been like incredible in those. I think that she's just like very precise in her joke writing in a way that like she just has this very good way of building up to a punchline that I think is like so perfect for Twitter and maybe goes underappreciated and for sure goes out loud underappreciated by me because I, I'm i not trying to um, uplift her. I need to. <laughs> we, we're trying to keep each other down. Um, <laughs> keep them humble. But, yeah. But she's like a person who she probably reads like five or six dense books a month. Whoa. Yeah. And they're all about like art and like poetry. She's like an Ann Carson fan. But then she like tweets what she tweets, you know, (laughs) you would never know. You would never know that she's a well-read person. (laughs) Yeah, she's a very well-read person. She's a very intelligent person and she has very precise joke writing capabilities. And then on top of that, she's an incredible actor. Yeah. Well, she's an actor. You're a writer. If you were writing a movie for Dylan to star in and it was guaranteed Mm -hmm. greenlit by any studio you called. What would the movie be? Did you have have a thought? Yeah. um, The movie would be called Somersault Susan. And every single scene, she would have to do six somersaults. (laughs) (laughs) Somersault Susan. Yeah, she would be playing the titular Somersault Susan. And I would write a script in which she had to just kind of roll around for an hour and a half. (laughs) Not too long. Yeah. Well, that was Dylan Galula, who is on Twitter and Instagram at Dylan Galula. It's Final Friday. Brothy, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who's an expert in a very specific niche you love, and you said the Cincinnati Zoo, which is on Twitter and Instagram at Cincinnati Zoo. And mainly yes. for the benefit of future Eric, for when I'm editing the transcript of this episode, there are two ends in Cincinnati. So why specifically do you recommend the Cincinnati Zoo? Are you from Ohio? I'm from Cincinnati, actually. I'm from the other side of the Ohio River, uh, on the Kentucky side. And so I grew up in like the greater Cincinnati area. Um, I've been living there since I was like seven. And something happened in 2016 that launched the Cincinnati Zoo into the global eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was an unfortunate incident with um, Harambe, the gorilla. This four-year-old boy, they understand, felt 10 to 12 feet down into the moat in the gorilla enclosure. There were two female gorillas. They were far away. But this 400-pound male gorilla named Harambe came to the scene. You can see him clearly holding the boy between his legs and was sort of uh, jostling him a little bit. It was described as a life-threatening situation for the boy. So within 10 minutes, the zoo officials had to respond, and they deployed a special team that shot and killed the gorilla. I forgot this was the Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah. Yes. But that's my theory is that since they have been thrust into the spotlight, they have hired 
perhaps the greatest social media team (laughs) of all time, because this social media team understands that what we want to see on our timelines is entirely a celebration of Fiona the Hippo. Yes. Oh, okay. So is... Fiona the Hippo. Explain. This, this is one of the maybe the most famous animals on social media, I think. Okay. So Fiona, she is your classic hippo. <laughs> she rules. She used to be a baby and now she's an adult. <laughs> Who among us? Yeah. Um, and she just is. I don't know how to describe her. She is magic. Um, <laughs> she was a preemie. She is the smallest hippo, I think, to ever survive. In captivity, maybe, because I don't know. We don't have like hippo history that we know about. Right. (laughs) They didn't tell us any of it. Right. Um, But um, she sort of celebrated like a human baby is. She was like the first hippo to be um, uh, in an ultrasound, maybe. Hmm. I think she was like, I think they did an ultrasound for her mother and they were like, oh, you're having Fiona. And I think the timing lines up. This was probably right after the whole Harambe incident or maybe this yeah. is right when the, the zoo was like getting into using social media well. They, they yeah. then had this, this you know big campaign around Fiona. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we kind of keep up with Fiona, you know, what she's doing what kind of watermelons she's chomping into. She's amazing. <laughs> what can I say? She's got star quality. In Hollywood, Absolutely. you know how to recognize star quality. And that's Fiona <laughs> the Hippo. Uh, I, from what I could tell, just from, from looking at the social media pages, so Fiona's a couple years old now, like maybe five years old now. Yes. And because she was a preemie, she's still much smaller than other hippos. And as as the internet knows... The smaller the animal is, the the cuter it is. Even though I think even a small hippo could kill any of us if it felt like it. I, I don't I don't think yeah. Fiona would. <laughs> Fiona, Fiona does no. not care that we think she's cute. <laughs> no, that's the thing is that it's not reciprocated at all. The love that we have for Fiona is not reciprocated. And I mean, what better tactic than playing hard to get? Exactly. She did just turn five. You are correct. She is five years old. Dylan and I did try to make it to her birthday party. Unfortunately, we could not. Uh, I don't. I forget what exactly happened that meant that we couldn't end up going. But anyway, the point is, Fiona's <laughs> amazing. The yeah. Cincinnati Zoo um, is doing the correct thing. They recognize when their animals have, you know, the X factor, and they bring the spotlight right to yeah. them. Now, so are you specifically a Fiona stan or are you also are you a fan of any of the other like uh, the Cincinnati Zoo animals? Do you, do you specifically follow them for any any other updates? Um, you know, it's mainly Fiona. Yeah. As of now. I mean, they, they know that she's the star. Like, I think in their she bios, the I think star. it says Team Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Fiona has to fight the other animals. <laughs> and, and a metaphorical social media sense, not not the other. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 there's no zoo fight club, but Fiona does have to get into a beef. Right. <laughs> no zoo fight club that we know of. If you donate a lot of money to the Cincinnati Zoo, wink, wink. Not yeah. Much, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think is the most underrated animal? So not one that everyone's like, yes, it's important that we protect this animal, but something that gets no love. From from on social media, no love from the public. Oh, what animal? Okay, this is a great question. You know what? I think, and I am. I will say, 
I am at fault here as well because I'm a, I'm a great skeptic of bears. But I think that bears kind of get, you know, a bad rep. Yeah, they make one Leo DiCaprio movie and it's just like, okay, all bear bears will fuck you up the moment they see you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's like, really, they're just huge dogs. Mm-hmm. They're just huge dogs. Do I think they're probably not real? Sure. But you, you live in California now. I mean, I think there's bears all over the place out here. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, living in California, there are also actors everywhere. Mm, who, who says they're not putting on a bear costume? <laughs> <laughs> they're too big. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. I'm a huge bear skeptic. I think bears are too big. <laughs> they're not real. They're just a person dressed up as a bear. But I do think that um, they can be uh, quite cute. I think that they can be quite cute like um, like a dog is quite cute. Has anyone ever seen a bear and James Corden in the room at the same time? I'm just saying. I'm, j- I'm just asking exactly. questions here. Well, that was the Cincinnati Zoo, which is on Twitter and Instagram at Cincinnati Zoo. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Brothi Gupta. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, a fully invested technical partner for your business. Kelsis works with funded startups across a variety of industries, providing them with an expert team of software developers to help them get to market fast. They have experience working with dozens of companies, helping them build products that can compete, thrive, and exit. Visit Kelsus.com, that's K-E-L-S-U-S.com to learn more and give them a call to meet your new technical co-founder. That's Kelsus.com. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Berthy, I asked you to tell me about someone who makes you laugh, and you said Helena, who is on Twitter at Fresh Hell and on Instagram at Bug Size Chihuahua. I think this may be the first person we've had recommended on the show who prominently advertises the fact they have an 18-plus OnlyFans page. So maybe the right place to start is, did you start by following her on OnlyFans, or did you start somewhere else? (laughs) I started following her on Twitter, and then she followed me, and then we sort of became Twitter friends. And I think she's a genius. I think she's so funny. I think she's so smart and like a genuinely lovely person and i think she's like kind of brilliant about the human condition if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> yeah so explain the sort of stuff that she's posting that, that that makes you laugh like it's just um it's just the jokes that she's posting i mean she and i i think have a lot of overlap it's really all with animals animals are really big <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but she um you know tweeted like a week ago animals in the zoo should get a prom that's true. Yeah. As soon as you say that, it's like, yeah, of course they should. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely should. She's the person who tweeted the, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was something like, OMG, all you had to eat today was an iced coffee. Should we throw a party? Should we call everyone sh- we know? Should we call Bella Hadid? <laughs> <laughs> like, just really captures the small things that people will say to telegraph something else. Mm-hmm. To like telegraph some kind of like very niche or like specific glamour in like a kind of disingenuous way, she will like cut to the core of. Yeah. <laughs> 
when you're following folks like her, like funny people on Twitter or wherever, do you like see them posting something and do you have kind of a bit of, of envy of just like, oh, I wish I had, I wish I had thought of that joke or of that, you know, that, that premise or, or is it just kind of like, no, you're just happy to see someone out, out there just, just telling good jokes. It's a little bit of both where I am like, like with someone like Helena and with someone like Dylan and someone like the Cincinnati Zoo, yeah. <laughs> I am often like, man, I wish I had thought of that. Or it's like, or I see something and I'm like, oh, I've thought this thing and haven't been able to word it like this. Right. But I think ultimately it's nice to be able to enjoy someone else's mm-hmm. because then I'm just sitting back and having a nice time. <laughs> 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 then I'm j- that's just entertaining me. It's so much easier to be an audience than not. I also want to call out the fact that um, Helena has a, a perfect little cat named Printer. Uh, yes. Who has, uh, on her Instagram, she has like one of those like story collections where you can just see only the, the printer pictures. And I, I, I really have to applaud someone committing to a name for a pet that's not just like, you know, fluffy or whiskers or whatever. I, I'm really supportive of anyone who wants to name their pet something something like Printer because... I think you know, it's a great name. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a really dumb old joke where it's like, oh, uh, what what do you call a cat? Uh, anything. It won't come when you call it, you know? But it's, it, that, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. There's um one tweet of hers that I think is why I started following her the general idea of it is like the insistence that you have to like do something great when you're young makes people make a lot of embarrassing decisions in their 20s also i think that guacamole and hummus are boyfriend girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) just like all in one i was like yeah that's every part of this is true I, I, this is something that also comes up a lot in the show is where someone will, will come up with with a joke or a comparison or just, just an idea. And I just it's funny or it's impressive or it's whatever. And it just makes you wonder, like, how did they get there? I know you, this is probably a question you get sick of, right? People asking you like, oh, where do you get your jokes? Where do you get your ideas? But it's, it really is legitimate. Like, like what, what chemicals in the brain led to led to <laughs> led to that joke? I, I don't know. But it's it's fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is that I guess I sort of go into a fugue state and then write whatever I want on Twitter. And then a day later, I'll look at it again. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Fugue state? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Do you know when you go back and look at it? Do you then delete old jokes to 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 you know clean out stuff that you weren't as happy with, or you, you leave words and all leave it all up there? I I leave it all up there. Yeah. I leave it all <laughs> up there because I'm like I can't wait. I think it would be funny if my Twitter were somehow just because I am. I'm a person who could not exist in any other world besides the one we have now. Like I could not exist in a world without modern medicine. Like my instinct for survival is so low. Like, for example, one time I, I just saw like a tiny flame and my body relaxed in that sort of like euphoric feeling that you get right before death. Like that's how quickly my body gave up. That's how quickly like I saw the tiniest just flame that I then blew out, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's how tiny this was. <laughs> and my body was like, well, we're done. Yeah, um, that's it. Pack it up. <laughs> yeah. And I also, you know, am in an imaginary industry in Hollywood. It's just completely like Hollywood is an industry created because humans aren't getting hunted. <laughs> anyway, all that being said, I think it would be funny if like somehow my Twitter 
were the equivalent of like a fossil that was going to thousands of years in the future, like clue someone into what life was like. Cause then they would be like, Oh my God, everybody was like, had a lot of digestive issues. <laughs> this is the, the, the one surviving Twitter account for future historians to study. They, they will work backwards from your tweets. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, Oh, I get why the world, I get why their world ended is because clearly <laughs> their brains didn't have oxygen and their digestive <laughs> systems didn't do well. <laughs> uh, before before we move on to the next follow, is there anything else about uh, Helena that that uh, we should call out? Anything else that makes her a great follow? I mean, just I, I think everything she posts is so smart and funny. And I, you know, I am her number one fan and I constantly tell her this. And so we've sort of become friends online. And she's also just like a lovely person. Yeah. Well, that was Helena, who was on Twitter at Fresh Hell and on Instagram at Bug Size Chihuahua. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. I asked you for someone who makes you think, and you said Sarah Hagi, who is on Twitter at Kinda Hagi, and her last name is spelled H-A-G-I. Sarah is a writer at Gawker, whose work has also appeared in places like Vice, The New York Times, and The Globe and Mail. And I saw that you've written at least one thing together, right? It's a piece for The New Yorker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah's the fucking best. She is also somebody who is so, so funny. She is so funny and she's also so smart and kind. And I told her the other day that if I don't know how to feel about something going on in the world, I just ask her how she feels. And then I'm like, great, that's my opinion now. (laughs) She is a very like smart, incredibly funny writer. And she just is, she's also like a very... Because she does so many like essays and and things like that. And she is she's kind of on the more like journalistic side. Her writing is incredibly like empathetic and it's very funny. And it also like she just like always has something to say. And it's something important. It's never like just a, a voice speaking for the sake of speaking. Right. Uh, on the first part, it's good to have a friend who, you know, you can turn to to like ask, like, you know, how should I feel about this? But on the second part, it's also good to have someone who's not purely a reactive like the, 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 she, she's not it's not it's not like she's like issuing hot takes on everything. She she thinks before she writes about something. She, she She's considerate about about, you know, the, the possible angles of something or what's actually worth being angry about or, or something like that. Absolutely. She's just like correct. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> so what are some of the some of the specific things that she's helped you understand? That, that she or she she's helped you understand how you should feel about it? Is there, is there anything anything in particular that comes to mind where it's like, oh well, I'm really glad I had Sarah in my corner because of this? I mean, she is like very um she's like very knowledgeable and literate, I feel like, about just global issues in general. And I think that she was a person who like last year had great recommendations for me when I wanted to learn about Palestine and because it was something that I had known the basics of and then wanted to learn the history of. And she was like somebody who was very quick to have all of these amazing recommendations mm-hmm. to read. And she's just so smart and also incredibly funny i uh, i was looking at her her past ratings um and i really liked this essay she wrote for vice called 
the games that let me have an imaginary social life. Um, it was written early in COVID lockdown, and it's all about how you know she's a writer who works from home, so there's some inherent loneliness already in that. But then it was obviously very relatable to a ton of people, and she's talking about how just conversing with virtual characters in video games uh, it gave her some of that social feeling, which which has never really worked for me. But I but I, I'm fascinated by that by the fact that there are many people like Sarah who who have that. You know, who, who get something out of out of that by talking to NPCs in video games. Yeah, she's she really does. I mean, that's I'm in the same boat. I've never that's never been a world that I've known how to navigate or even start with. Yeah. But she's like like talking to her about that is also super interesting. And she's also like an amazing she like knows exactly where the cringiest tweets are, which I love to read. <laughs> I love to see the cringy shit that people post. And she's like a, a deep well for that for me. <laughs> so at the risk of summoning some memory of something really, really awful, when you say a cringy tweet, like what's an example that comes to mind? Like what's the sort of thing that uh, Sarah has surfaced that <laughs> has been really entertaining? Well, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there is a... a large ground war in Europe yep, right heard now. Of it. And a lot of people in Hollywood, uh. we've all made it our mission to talk. <laughs> and so, um, you know, she like almost immediately sent me the like spoken word poem about. Oh, I saw this. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you know, that went so viral, but just to, she was definitely on the ground floor of that, I think. I, I guess there's some element of that where, I'm I'm often torn about this, where it's like I feel like what we should be doing is uplifting the the good stuff and the the underrepresented people and just anyone who's creating something interesting and unique. But on the other hand, there's nothing like a good pile on like there was with that poem. I mean, my God. <laughs> Here's the thing: is that it every other day it wraps back around to just being pure art for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe that's art that's gone over everyone's heads. Yeah. Maybe that's like the highest level of art is art that makes you feel awful and nothing else. <laughs> Great art is never appreciated in its time. We all know this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And what if they never get appreciated? Do, is that kind of artistic? <laughs> Does that make it you more know. more authentic, more deserving? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was Sarah Hockey, who was on Twitter at Kinda Hockey. Brethi, thank you for sharing your follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure that listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? I am on Twitter at Brothi Gupta. So that's B-R-O-T-I-G-U-P-T-A. Um, I tweet all the time and it sucks. And I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, that Alexandra recommended me is wild to me because she is so smart and funny. And I've actually been a huge fan of hers since college 
So this is like a very cool full circle. Yeah. Yeah. This is a cool <laughs> full circle. Um, and she is very kind to have recommended me. She is wrong to have recommended, <laughs> but it doesn't mean she isn't kind. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're very humble, but uh, you know, it's, I, uh, after, after she recommended you, I, I started following you and I have not regretted it for a minute. So really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Give it a little bit. Give it a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to Follow Friday in your podcast app. If you like this episode, then check out the past Follow Friday interviews with Alexandra Petri, Alistair Beckett King, and Alexis Gay. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. Special thanks to our Big Fry Patreon backers, John and Justin. Visit patreon.com slash follow Friday for an extended length version of this interview featuring a bonus follow recommendation from Birthday. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. I'll see you next Friday. One more thing before we go, thank you to John and Justin from Transistor.fm for backing Follow Friday on Patreon. Transistor is an independent podcast hosting company with a simple, modern interface for uploading audio, distributing your podcast, and viewing analytics. You can also make as many podcasts on Transistor as you want for no extra cost, and you can invite additional users to access the show settings, upload episodes, view analytics, and more. Check them out at Transistor.fm.